real quick before we dive into this episode of the podcast. Be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. Did you know that creating an income online or adding a new revenue stream to your business has never been easier? Have you ever considered taking your knowledge, skills, and expertise and converting it into a course that you can sell online? Introducing Learn Worlds. Learn Worlds makes it easy to create, host, and sell beautiful online courses that have an impact. With Learn Worlds' intuitive platform and a wealth of resources to educate yourself, you're only a few steps away from building a thriving online business in the booming knowledge economy. Visit trylearnworlds.com forward slash free to start your 30-day free trial. Welcome to the Frugalpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah St. John, and my guest today is an entrepreneur with two successful exits under his belt. He's worked for two venture capital firms in marketing at a 200 billion internet company and has been CEO of venture-backed companies. He took all this experience and developed a new framework as a shortcut for himself. With it, he easily turns his ideas into products, products into businesses, and quickly ramps up sales. Please welcome to the show, Brandon C. White. Well, thank you for that. Seems very official introduction. (laughs) Yeah. Can you give us a little bit? I mean, I guess I kind of covered a little bit, but more of your background story and how you got into this business. Yeah. So I started in the internet media e-commerce space back in 1996. I was a fisherman. I had candidly been, I went to college and I don't know about you, Sarah, but everybody in college always asks you like, Hey, what are you going to do when you get out of college? And candidly, I really didn't know. I thought I was going to become a lawyer, but what I realized was I didn't know that that was true or not, but I did know this. As soon as you say you're going to be a lawyer, no one asks you any more questions. So I just kept saying, I'm going to be a lawyer. And I have dyslexia. I'm a National Honor Society student, so a Psychi National Honor Society president of that in college. And then I graduated second in my class in high school. I'm not bragging. I'm only saying that to say that I apparently have some smarts in this head, but I can't test worth anything. So when I took my test for to law school, which candidly I didn't really study for or anything, I really didn't do well. And I didn't get in any any law schools that I wanted to go to. So law school was out. I went back to working on a tree nursery where I was working during the summer and landscaping company. It was a big tree nursery in Maryland. And I did that for like a year. And my mom, I think, just got tired. Like, you know, I didn't invest. I grew up with a single mom and she worked really hard. And I think she rightly so said, I'm not going to let my son just wander around. So she's like, you got to go back to school. And I applied to get my master's in psychology. I somehow did well on that GRE test. If it still exists, I don't know. And I had such good grades, they probably let me in and figured that I wouldn't let them down. So I went back to school. I was living on the water. I was a big fisherman. And I wanted to publish a fishing magazine that was targeted at saltwater fishing. There was nothing like it out there. So I... I have no idea what I was doing. There was a local printer in town. I made an appointment and I said, I want to print a magazine. And he gave me like a hundred questions I had no good answers to, but what it did do was inform me. 
And what it informed me of was is that the $800 in my savings account was not going to be enough to publish a magazine. So to start, I'm a computer geek. I started on a VIC-20 Commodore 64. Not that old, but old enough that some people here won't remember that likely. But I was on the internet in college and the internet in 1995, 96 was, was in nascent stages. But there was a population of us that had been on the internet. And in fact, I had used the internet in the early 90s through college. And I was like, why wouldn't I just put a magazine online? That seemed, it's cheap. That's for sure. If I teach myself how to, to do this programming HTML stuff, and I did that, I recruited a kid out of the computing lab, I call him kid at the time, I think we were both kids, but, and eventually convinced him to work for me. And I got a job on a spinach farm of all things, because Washington College is out in the country. It's a really great, small liberal arts school. It has the highest literary, largest literary award of any college or university in the nation, Sophie Kerr Award. I had actually been a writer and got a NCAA scholarship for sports journalism, among some other things. And mainly I applied to all those just to pay for college because we were poor. But I got this job on the spinach farm. I used that money to pay him to help me program because what I realized was that I couldn't write all the content, recruit these people, fake being 10 people on a message board to get that primed, source products and do all this other stuff. So I did that. And eventually I read a article in the front of Time Magazine. You might remember this in the front of Time Magazine. You, you look young, but maybe you remember. In the front of Time Magazine, they had a two pages or one page in the upper left, I can remember it like it was yesterday because it was it, it really would change my life. And there was a small article that said these two guys had raised money to build this internet phone book. And it was Jerry Yang and David Philo, who are the founders of Yahoo. And it had said that Sequoia Capital in Silicon Valley had given them, I think their, this was either a first or second raise, like $1.7 million. I read that article and I was like, well, I can raise money too. And I went back to my co-founder at the time, basically, and said, hey, you know, we're going to raise money. And he's like, we, we have no idea how to do that. So I went to Barnes & Noble in Annapolis, Maryland. I bought this book and I read the book. I wrote a business plan and I reached out to a guy in, a new, in, our, in the school alumni newsletter who was going to be, who said he was going to get into investing and he's going to be a venture capitalist, angel investor, whatever that is. And I was like, hey man, you know, you'll remember me. You were a senior when I was a freshman. This other Washington College kid and I are doing this this site. Would you be interested in it's on fishing? And he said, Well, tell me more. And and he was interested and talked. And one day I get an email from him that says, Hey, you know, I just had lunch with this guy. He's from Silicon Valley. He's a fisherman. And when I told him about your site, he said he uses it and he wants to see you. I didn't want to give your contact information. Would you be okay with it? I mean, Sarah, you like I had no idea how to raise money. We were building websites. We had totally bootstrapped this thing. We were bootstrapping it. And I get an email about three hours later and says, hey, I'm Tom. I used to be a partner. I'm retired from Sequoia Capital. He was one of the early original partners. There were six at the time when he was there, I think. And he said, can I come see you? I was, so I was like, you know, do you really believe this? So I wrote back. I was like, thank you so much for having interest. Here's my address in Eastern Maryland. By the way, I had sent your partner, Mike Moritz, who is a famous partner from Sequoia, a business plan. 
I didn't have any idea, Sarah. I just put it in a FedEx package and I had no training. And I was like, he never responded. He's like, he never responded to that, but he says, I'll be there tomorrow. And sure enough, he shows up on my doorstep and he walks in my house. And he said, show me, where's your office? And we, I said, it's upstairs. And he walks in and, and you can imagine like, you know, this is, I'm living on the East Coast, which the West Coast are really far away. Someone like that of that caliber is even further away and almost unfathomable as an entrepreneur. And he walks in and he looks around and he looks at me and he says, this is all you got. I was like, hey, look, man, I'm really sorry you drove here, but this is it. My partner's got a spare bedroom down the road we can go visit. That's an office, but that's it. I, well, make no, he's like, calm down. He said, this is how we found Cisco, Brandon. He's like, you just look way bigger. And I, we did look bigger. I had all the phones rigged with all this answering machine and all this stuff. And we did the business plan on the back of a placemat at the Washington Street Pub in Easton, Maryland. We went fishing and we had a good time. And on the way back, he, he says, he said, how much money do you guys have in your business account? I was like, look, I'm going to be honest with you. It could be 3000 It could be 10000 We trade stocks to fund the company. And the truth of the matter is we were trading stocks. We were building websites, but we were trading stocks with the company money to, which I owned. It wasn't any, it wasn't illegal or anything. I, I'm not recommending it to any of your listeners, but it did work. And he said, you trade stocks. I was like, yeah, we trade stocks. And he pulled out this ratty checkbook. I don't even know how many people use checkbooks anymore, but, but there's this thing called a checkbook and it has this, and it has this binding on the back. And when you rip off the checks, it can get ratty. Pulls it out. He starts writing. I'm driving home, pulling a boat. So I'm not really looking at him. We're just talking. And he hands me a check for $50,000. And he says, let's go. That's really how I got started. And three months later, we raised a million dollars. I drove over the Bay Bridge of Maryland with zero money and came back with a million dollars. And we went off to the races. The long story short is the internet crashed in 2001. And during this time... Pre-2001, we had built what we were credited with was the second weather app on the internet. We built this really cool function, Sarah, called customizing your experience to your zip code. And we got put in Yahoo Magazine. We got put in PC Magazine, which at the time was like the pinnacle. If you made it to and PC Magazine, I think still around to this day. If you made it to PC Magazine, you're on the map. And they compared us to Yahoo. And that sounds really trivial in today's world, but we were working on flat files. For anybody who's not technical, that means that we were writing on paper in pencil to effectively write a publish a website. There was no databases. There was nothing like that. And we had figured that out. The internet crashed. I did not believe either. I tell people, somebody said to me the other day, they're like, well, did you really have the forethought that the internet was going to be this huge thing? And I said, I believe because I didn't have a choice but to believe because that was it. It was low cost. You could run this thing relatively cheaply and you could reach everybody in the world. And I just believe that the internet wasn't going to go away. I mean, in my heart of hearts, I did. But my lens, to be fair, is a geek. So I wanted to believe. And I also looked at it and said, how could this not blow up? So I bought it back. Long story short, it wasn't that easy. Went through a lawsuit. Internet 
2001, all the investors went away, bought some of the assets back from the investors. And the site was called Worldwide Angler. If you go there today, I have it like sitting on a WordPress thing just because it's got huge SEO juice and you got to sort of keep that alive. I renamed it Titlefish. We were profitable within three months. We had three lines of revenue, membership, e-commerce, and advertising, and eventually sold it to a large media company. And, you know, e-commerce back then was, it was cool, but it was in its nascent ages. And I had convinced a very large distributor of fishing tackle at the time to drop ship for us. And and now it's shipping sort of normal, right? You can, anybody can go sign up and make it happen. But back then it wasn't that simple. We were actually faxing orders back and forth, but it worked. And we also did affiliate marketing, anything that we could find because when Jeff Bezos from Amazon had come out with the idea that you could be an affiliate and sell books, I was like, well, we can build a bookstore for free you're going to pay us and you're going to do all the customer support. I was like, we'll sign up for that. So we built this huge bookstore and that bookstore back then actually generated, we would get checks in the mail and I just didn't even believe it. And it, you know, we weren't making hundreds of thousands of dollars, but we were making thousands of dollars back then. And to see that work is just, you know, it's just really cool. That's, that's really the story. I mean, I've done a bunch of things afterwards. I've done another company and, I publish a newsletter now for entrepreneurs, but you know, that was my, that I really cut my teeth back then, sold the company almost nine years ago to a large media company. I did have a plan to sell that company and I ran it as a side hustle between when I bought it back, I worked for several venture capital firms. I was an early guy, that $200 billion thing was, I worked at America Online in the early days in marketing analysis. And then I went to business school in business school, finished my psychology degree because I had quit my master's degree to do that company and then went off and I've stayed an entrepreneur. I mean, being an entrepreneur is really what I always have been working in corporate America, which I did. America Online back then wasn't corporate America, but it was a, we had 5,000 professionals working at the time at the Reston campus. And it was, it was just big. It wasn't a startup. It was a startup, but it wasn't the startups that I was used to. And I ultimately would not have survived there long-term, mainly because I just don't play by rules in the sense that I'm not saying I break the law. I'm saying as the rules are made by committees and people that aren't always the smartest when they're in a committee or a group setting. So I tend to not always believe that that may be the right way. So in those environments, you know, you're going to get shot eventually. So I knew that, but I learned more about running spreadsheets and I managed the, I was doing marketing analysis, real marketing analysis with doing contribution margins, running P&Ls and building full financial models on how that works. And, and what I learned is when you do that and you plan to that detail, which is hugely painful, you build a predictable business. We built a, I was on a sm- really small team and we built a premium service that was called antivirus which would check your computer for viruses and from zero to $90 million in 12 months. And that wasn't a coincidence that we did that. We did that because we had models and understanding our marketing waterfall and understanding the conversion rates and how that was going to happen and our customer avatar so well that it was almost, you know, there's always risk, but 
it was a predictable model. And then once you start to gather data and you have your KPIs and you start managing to them, you know, you can build a profitable business, but you've got a plan at some level. That was a fire hose of information. <laughs> oh, no yeah. problem. Yeah, I appreciate it. That, I think it's helpful to have your background. And I'm curious about this framework that you developed, like a shortcut. How does that work? Well, I appreciate you asking. So what I did is, and I've had the opportunity to be a venture capitalist. I am an angel investor here in Silicon Valley, although I'm, I wouldn't bill myself as that. I do love investing and helping entrepreneurs, but it's not my day job. I'm actually an entrepreneur and own some other companies now as well. But the framework is to help people build a pitch deck to raise money and their business plan in 13 slides. And going back to what I was saying at marketing analysis is, my experience there at America Online is, is that I learned that if you plan, so I have pitched and been told no, I'm really grateful for you saying those nice things in the beginning about the two companies. But the fact of the matter is I've failed like 20 times and maybe more because I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know what you qualify from a, from an idea project to a company to get there. There's some steps and some people will count ideas and stuff, but I've tried a lot, at least 20 times. You really got to get to this crux if it's going to be successful or, or at least it looks like it can be successful fast. And writing an old school business plan is, you know, that's gone the way of the dodo bird. And it's dead the first day you write it. I'm not saying that it, it can't be helpful to help your mind. But what I did is from being a VC and being pitched a million times to being an entrepreneur, and I've successfully raised millions of dollars from top level VCs, angel investors, and everything for my company. And then having gotten pitch, I said, there's got to be a model, a framework, if you will, or a template and an approach that works. It took me many years and some mentors really helped me sort of hone this in, but it's a 13 slide framework that tells a story that works with the human brain. So what people want to do, for instance, is they want to say, oh, well, hi, Sarah, I'm Brandon White. And they'll go on and tell, and I'll tell you 60 reasons about my background. But that's wrong because an investor or the people that work for you, they don't care what your background is. What they care about is, are you solving a problem for people? Is there a market for it? And do you have a business model with a financial projection that would support this business? Then they want to know about you. So I'm using this as an example to do that. So I built these 13 slides. I also, I didn't just even randomly do it. I tried different things and I went to the experts. So Sequoia Capital says, I think they do 10 slides. Peter Thiel might do 15. Guy Kawasaki might do 11. I took all of these, Sarah, like an academic process. I broke them all down. I'm a big Bruce Lee guy. So Jeet Kune Do, absorb what is useful, discard what is not, add what is uniquely your own. And I did that. And then I said, what worked for me? I started teaching it. And, you know, I've taught for the guys on Shark Tank. I've taught for some other very well-known real estate guy out there. And I had the opportunity over a very large cohort of students to see what works and doesn't. And this template works because I've been able to teach this. My currency these days is I want to teach you, whoever, how to do that so that you can have success and then I can brag about it and brag about things like this. There was a lady who has a dog bed, uh, a really great idea for a dog bed that supports dogs back well. 
And my wife's a big dog lover. We have three dogs now and she does dog agility. So, you know, everybody cares about their pet. And, and this lady is really awesome. She had no idea how to build a pitch deck, but wanted to raise money for her company. I'm not saying that raising money is always the right thing, but even if you're not raising money, you might need a mentor, an advisor, something. You got to pitch the person. I mean, we're always pitching no matter what. So she took this framework and in the first pitch, she lands like, I would say this guy's in the top three direct marketers probably in the world based on his success record. And she gets him on her first pitch. And then this other lady I met, she's in a mastermind group here in Silicon Valley. And she came to the, she had been working on a idea and she said, well, I'm going to pitch all these investors. I said, well, hey, I will help you with your deck. Her pitches started Monday. We, our mastermind meets every other Friday. I worked on it with her over the weekend. She didn't have real financials. I basically whipped them out and she, then she did her magic with her stuff. Six weeks later, maybe eight weeks later, she had raised $1.8 million. And I'm not saying, you know, these people have good ideas, but you can have the best idea and the plan not work, right? Or the pitch not work or forget raising money that how you're going to execute your business. And until you really understand the, the fundamentals, so it's a 13 slide thing. And somebody asked me the other day, uh, well, why is it 13? And I said, well, there's 13 original colonies. There's 13 weeds on the back. I call them weeds. I think they're whatever they are on the back of the dollar bill. And 13, and I'm just making that up. It's really not that. It just, that's what it takes. That's what it takes to do it. So if you do this, it will tell your story and it will help you think through your business very quickly because we all don't have time. And then when we need that business plan to, oh, here's another thing I'll say, Sarah, because some people are out here probably listening and saying, well, Brandon, I got an e-commerce business or an online business. I don't need a business plan. Well, let me suggest to you that if you're going to be an online marketer, you absolutely need to know how to write copy. And if you don't know how to write copy, which no one talks about really a lot, right? You hear all these marketers online who want to help you and they'll say, we'll do your creative and we'll post all over the internet for you and we'll do this and that. That's awesome. But if your copy isn't right, I do not care. You will not convert those people at a profitable, in a profitable way in your sales process. Or I don't know, what's the, like the hip word now, funnel. What this framework will do is it will help you understand how to write your copy. Because you have absolutely have to write your copy how a human consumes information, which is in a story format. And if you do not do that, that is the difference between having a great product with crappy copy and a okay product with incredible copy. I'm going to take the okay product with the incredible copy if I'm an online marketer or I'm trying to market my product online because that's what's going to convert. And that's why this framework helps you. It goes through. You got to have an elevator pitch. You got to know your problem. Person does this. This is what happens. Existing solutions are broken because. This is what I've broken it down into. This simple type of thing. And now you can take this framework and now you can build your copy. You have a pitch deck. Eventually, you're going to have to do some video somewhere online to talk about your product, at least I would be doing that and dropping it on YouTube, which is totally free or Instagram or whatever. I mean, it's all free. You want to have that framework to be able to do all these things. I call it 13 slides, Sarah. Each slide has its own topic. So 
your elevator pitch, your problem, your solution, your market, your business model, etc. And it just and, and once you have these things filled in, now you just have this you, you mm-hmm. built a story. And and with that story, which is your business plan, pitch deck, copy, format, video sales letter, whatever you want to call it, you now understand your business because most entrepreneurs and, and I'm guilty, I'm not perfect. You don't understand your business well enough because you're so excited that you become a self-licking ice cream cone that your idea is the best idea and you're going to convince yourself because of your ego. I'm saying my ego too. I'm not throwing stones, but what you really got to do is take a step back and look at your business for what it is and what it's really doing. And once you have that, you also have, you're going to have to do interviews on podcasts. So what's the framework? What story are you going to tell? Everything I've told you today comes off of my framework. So I don't have to think about it. I don't have to make it up. You even asked me before we came on here, you said, Brandon, do you have any questions? I was like, no, I'll make it up. I really not going to make it up. I know my business so well because I understand these fundamental things that I can always reach back into one of these 13 ideas that follows pretty much covers the gamut of, of what you would need. So I'm not saying it's the magic pill. I'm enthusiastic. If you're listening and you say, oh, this guy sounds really passionate or, you know, he's selling something. I'm really passionate about it, but I know it works because I've done several companies. I've had exits. I'm sitting here in Half Moon Bay, California at a house at the beach because I learned these things and it worked and I live it. I'm not selling you something. I actually am an entrepreneur. This is not my day job, but I do love helping entrepreneurs because there are a lot of people helped me in my career that did not have to help me. I don't, whether you're religious, spiritual, believe in karma or not, that's on whoever's listening to decide that for themselves. But I do want to leave the world a little bit better than I found it. And if I can help somebody, I want to do that because that can change your life. And for a kid who grew up with a single mom, didn't have a lot of money and had great opportunities because my mom really worked her rear off to make sure that we went to private school and stuff. But it wasn't this, it wasn't a gimme and it wasn't easy people that helped me in my life literally changed it. And if I can do that for someone else. Is there a place online to access this? Do you sell this framework? I'm just curious. I actually have a 40-page book that you can get. If you go to my front page of my website, Brandon, B-R-A-N-D-O-N, C as in charliewhite.com, brandoncwhite.com, and you scroll down, you'll see there's a link. You can get a four. I wrote it. Mm. You can have it. 40 page, I think it's 42 pages. It explains exactly each of the 13 slides, how to come up with them. Is it free? You are going to give me your email address for that, but it is free and it is real. It's 42 pages and it explains how to do it. My business sort of on this side hustle thing is I produce a print newsletter of all things. You can only get the content online with one exception. I want to say this because FTC probably come after me is if a national publication like Forbes or Entrepreneur comes to me and says, we saw one of your articles, we would like to publish it. I reserve the right to at least publish it there, which two of our articles actually just came out. There was an entrepreneur magazine about how I follow Bruce Lee came out this month and another piece on Are You an Aspirin or Vitamin, which came out in Forbes. But otherwise, you can't get the content. And what this newsletter is, is it's a newsletter for entrepreneurs, not a marketing newsletter. But one of the things, Sarah, I don't know about you, is not 
every entrepreneur knows how to invest the money when they make it. I've been really fortunate. I've been trading stocks, as I mentioned early on, because I had to, but been fortunate. My returns are 50 plus percent over 10 years, and I publish exactly what I buy. We do a mind body business article, and these articles are based on science. So I am a geek and I read science journals on the weekends with studies that actually show the data and we share how our marketing things. So, and then some cool and undiscovered things that tools that we're using or credit cards that we found that work best for businesses. I think we had a, a really good chocolate, one of these chocolate things, and we're publishing the top 10 burger joints in America. Things that it's a lifestyle entrepreneur newsletter. And that's really my side hustle day job. I think it's vindication, Sarah, that I am finally publishing a print publication after 22 years. Yeah, not many people are doing that these days. So in a way, it's refreshing probably or exciting. I know when I get something in the mail, it's exciting because you just don't get much of that. I'm going to have to check out that newsletter. That sounds really interesting. It's all on brandoncwhite.com. And then you also have Build a Business dot io if you go to buildabusiness.io you will get actually right to our newsletter or, or b successsecrets.com it's like if you're listening to this you're on the internet you know what i'm talking about here you got to have several websites with different targeting stuff so buildabusiness.io is a website that will take you right to our newsletter order form i hate to call it a sales page but that's what it is. And that's what we do as an internet marketer. But that's it. Thank you for mentioning that. I don't want to confuse anybody. I think my EA said, I'm a rep. I prohibit revenue from us. I love to sell. I do love to sell. But I also just because I didn't grow up with a lot of money. So I want to make sure that people know what they're getting and that, that we're up front. But the ROI on that is is absolutely there. Or I just wouldn't sell it. But I love writing it. I do. I write all the pieces. I'm not going to say they, some of them aren't edited heavily because I'm whipping something out, but they are all me and they're genuine. And there's real information in there that if you are a true entrepreneur, you'll recognize as sort of the lifestyle that we mm. you know, live. Yeah. And I'll have links to all of that in the show notes, which will be at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash Brandon, just to make it, we'll, we'll, we'll make it oh, simple awesome. that way. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. I'm really grateful for that. Well, were there any last words you wanted to say before we said goodbye? No, I just want to say thank you for having me on. And for anybody listening out there, if you do have any questions, my real email address, if it's okay, sir, I'll just give it to them, to the listeners is b at brandoncwhite.com. And if you have any questions, feel free to, to email me. I do. I will get to you. I can't always promise it will be in an instant because of my inbox, but I will get back to you. And I always love hearing from entrepreneurs out there. Thank you, Sarah. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Be sure to grab your free copy of my list of 27 tools, resources, and software programs I use to run my businesses on a tight budget. You can get it at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash 27 tools. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N dot com forward slash 27 tools. Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack. Connect with fellow listeners 
share your thoughts on episodes, engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together. Join us now at frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.